welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season seven, episode ten and eleven, Queens for a Day. What a beautiful title! Mm-hmm. Don't we all want to be the queen for a day? I'm, I know I certainly do. I'm not gonna lie to you. It took me like a full minute to catch that the episode takes place in Queens. Oh, of course. Queens for a day. Tess, you're so smart. I am. I have a master's degree in being I'm a getting smarty a master's pants. Degree. We are smarty pants on this podcast. All right. Uh, I'll read the episode description, and then we'll get started. Okay. Vince's mother is unable to make her traditional holiday feast, so Will offers to make a special meal, but Vince's mother refuses to give Will any of the credit. Jack gives Vince's sister, guest star Jamie Lynn Descala, pointers on keeping secrets. That okay. episode description is doing a good job of keeping secrets. It is. It's I think we should keep a secret until the end of the episode. A bit wrong. Oh, it's 100%, 100% wrong, yeah. It's, we're back to... We had a good one last week. Yeah, that one was accurate. It's very rare that the Hulu episode description has any sort of accuracy to the plot. Yeah. Of itself. That's okay. Okay. But uh, where do you think we should start, friend? Uh, well, first of all, let's start by the fact that we didn't know this was going to be a double episode. Well, that, we sort of... Did. We, like, knew it was a two-parter, but I guess, like... I had forgotten that this, like, aired at the same time. Right. And well, and we just did another two-part that was broken over two weeks. So... And as long-time listeners know, our policy is, if it's aired on the same week, we air it as a double episode. Mm-hmm. And if it's not aired in the same week, we don't. Yes. Logical. But we thought this one was the same as the week before. And it two was weeks not. Before. And we literally, like, we're clicking off. We're like, oh, I wonder what the next episode is. Like, let's look at... And, like, literally, we're like, oh. We're it, like, oh, it's the same episode. It's continued. the same episode. We suck. We made a mistake. And then, because we didn't just go straight through, we had to watch, like, a five-minute previously on Will and Grace. Oh, my God. The previously on Will and Grace was, like, just, like, the entirety of the first episode. There was even scenes that weren't in the original episode that it is, like, cut in. I know. It was so weird. It was so weird. Whatever. Um, um, not the point. Here is the point. It's Thanksgiving on this episode of Will and Grace. Yeah, we just had Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. We did. It just happened. Uh-huh. Um, Missouri was there. It was going to be Christmas soon. Uh-huh. We're actually kind of in that nice sweet spot between Thanksgiving and Christmas where you aren't eating like a million things. Is that a nice sweet spot or is that like sad for you? And we were building up anticipation. So you're just hungry. Yes. Have you been eating? No, I've never eaten. Not once. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> Get out of my podcast. Okay. <laughs> and I will do this solo. Okay, stop leaning over the table. You're being weird. Okay, I'm back now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just had Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago, so it's uh, very fresh in our minds. Thank God neither of us had to go to our in-laws. That's true, because we don't really have them. No, we don't. We're not married. And yet I'm not married and my girlfriend's parents are Kiwis. So they don't do Thanksgiving. That's so funny to me that people don't do Thanksgiving in other countries. Why would they do Thanksgiving in other countries? It's a good holiday. I mean, the part where we killed a bunch of Native Americans, not so great. But the principle of modern day Thanksgiving, now that we've squared that circle, is strong. You go home, you spend time with your family. Except it's more like... You go home, you spend a few hours stressed out with your family, and then you go shopping. Oh, I had a really relaxing Thanksgiving this year, so you suck. I mean, I wasn't really stressed out. My family's Thanksgiving has become much less stressful since we all stopped sardine packing into my grandparents' home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom didn't even, like, actively cook her turkey. Like, she just, like, left it for my dad to, like, watch, and the drove and got me from the airport. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is it perhaps because your dad is really the one who does most of the cooking in the house? Not for Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? That is weird. It's gendered or something. Gender is weird. My dad can only make meals when it's not a high holy day. 
Sort of like how Mark Cohen can't hold an erection on the High Holy Days. It's exactly like that. It's the same principle. <laughs> the Peter principle. Drew B. Penis. Different Peter. <laughs> Different Peter. <laughs> but, so... Um, to... Let's talk about the Will and Vince's mom plotline. Yes. Because I think so... that's a good place to start, and then we'll go back to the rest of the episode description for the end. Yes. So, uh, we begin with... Um, the gang is all meeting up, and we get a quick synopsis of the fact that Will is about to meet Vince's mother for the first time, and he really wants to impress her. He does not. He does not impress her He at does all. not impress her, because as we learn happens off screen, they go shopping together, and to quote Vince, Will convinces his mother to try on four-inch hooker heels, climb up on a display, and work it, girl. And First then, of all, that doesn't sound like Will at all. It sounds like Will when he's, like, trying too hard. You're not, you're not wrong. Will's doing some, like, performative gaiety in this off-screen event. Yes. Which is fascinating. We could spend a whole half hour talking about it, I'm sure. I could write an entire thesis on the things that we don't see on in On Will's episode. performative gayness versus, like, Will's actual gayness, which yes. is very different. Yes, extremely different. Um, but so in this uh, climbing up on the display... She falls and breaks her toe. Mm-hmm. And so... And now Thanksgiving is ruined. Now Thanksgiving is ruined because apparently she cooks with her feet. Like... Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I th- I was thinking, like, okay, maybe the actress, like, broke her foot and that explained the episode. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, no. that doesn't make sense. The whole episode wouldn't happen if she didn't break her foot. Yeah. That means the writers intentionally wrote this bad plot line. Yep. And set up, like... I just feel like there would have been, like, other ways that Will could have broken her foot. That maybe happened on screen. Like, I think maybe that's part of the tension that we... like, why did Will have to be the one to break her foot? So that Will had to be the one to save Thanksgiving. Right. But why couldn't Will have been, like... Why couldn't she have broken her foot in an unrelated accident and then Will was like, I'd save Thanksgiving. And everyone would be like, nobody asked you to do that, Will. I think because the show wanted him to start at a disadvantage. Which, again, doesn't... In opposition to what? I don't know. Which, again, doesn't make sense because prior to the conversation about Will breaking her foot, Vince says that she's already decided to hate him. Right. So it does... It's like no one in the writer's room has ever met an in-law before. Like, they're like, okay, it's not believable enough that Vince's mother wouldn't like Will before even meeting him. Okay. I know what we'll do. We'll have her meet him, but totally off stage. So we don't have to build another set. And we'll have him break her toe. Here's, okay. First of all, gays haven't met in-laws. It's 2004 and they can't get married. Ugh. Second of all, I really think that no one in the writer's room is self-aware enough to not look at Will and not be like, why wouldn't you like him? He's delightful. Like, (laughs) no one is willing to take a hard, long look at the mirror to be like, there are things about Will that are irritating. But I don't think any of those were actually on display this week. No. Like, I, I actually think they made a good choice in Will actually being, like, totally on his game and not super, super irritating. Yes. Because there was no reason why Vince's mother shouldn't have liked him. What was her name, by the way? Annette. Annette. I keep thinking it's Nadine, but Nadine is from a couple episodes ago. That's yes. Vince's Grace, who yeah. was in love with him. Yes. We made a whole Venn diagram. It's, there, it's it, beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. So, anywho. So, we have Will having broken Annette's foot. Now, okay. he's coming in to save the day, and he's going to cook Thanksgiving exactly according to Annette's recipes. Okay, again. He's being a touch extra about it. So extra. Like, okay, I, I, I sympathize with Will's plight. Obviously, you want to do a good job impressing your in... I don't know what you're going to call them if you're not in love. Your boyfriend's mother. I wanted to make up something funnier. 
but in beds doesn't work. This, so, this is just like a weird plot line. I'm just never going to get on board with it. We just have to move on. Okay, let's move on from there. So we've got Will, and he's like really extraing all over this Thanksgiving. And then we, we get to meet some more of Vince's family, which is which is nice. Yeah. Um, Before we choose Vince's family, like I feel like we should just say, like, Will is being extra because, like, Will wants to be very controlling. And I feel like that's where yes. Will is, like, being his most himself this yes, week. Yes, he's, he's very controlling, and he's sort of, like, trying to, like, tamp down any variables because he has it in his mind that if he doesn't pull this dinner off perfectly, that Annette will continue to hate him forever. Right. I mean, he's probably right. But I also like from a narrative perspective that it gives us a reason for Will to be involved with all the plots that are happening yes, this week. Yes, because he's got his fingers in all of the pies. Yes. I would offer, however, that maybe Will just needs to grow the fuck up and accept that sometimes your boyfriend's parents don't like you. And maybe the first Thanksgiving ever is not the moment to, like, convince them that they should like you. Like, maybe just, like, show up, be really polite, just keep staying in the in the boyfriend's life, and, like, eventually they'll win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like on TV, you're right. I mean, like, for dramatic purposes, we're getting this really heightened event. But in real life, sometimes you just, like, keep showing up, and eventually, like, you just wear them they down. They just get over it. Or you or they don't, them. in the case of, like, my shitty brother-in-law. Right. But also, like, sometimes you win them over on the days that aren't Thanksgiving. Like, you're never going to win a net over on Thanksgiving. But it's maybe, her holiday. Right. But maybe the next time you take a net shopping, you don't make her dance on the display table, and you just take her for a nice Cinnabon. Why would you take your boyfriend's mom shopping? Like, I feel like we just kind of have harped on this for several minutes here, but I just but I haven't I haven't gone on board move, with it yet. I just don't understand it. I mean, like, she must have already been going shopping, so he just invited himself along. Was he driving was her? Was it a special shopping trip for the two of them to get Did they to know meet each other? Mall? I mean, why Did wasn't he Vince her? there? Uh, why was wasn't it? Vince there? Was Vince there? Because he knew about the hooker heels. Yeah, he probably was there. So maybe Will met them there. See, this is why it should have been in the episode. It should have been in the episode. I feel like we would be feeling way less ways about this if we also, could have like, seen it. I'm going to try to be gentle about this. But, like, this wasn't Jennifer Lopez. I think we could have gotten her for two weeks. <laughs> like, this could have been an entire episode where Will's trying to, like, impress Vince's mom. They, and they go, go shopping, shopping. And, like, it doesn't work out. And he breaks her foot. And then the next week, it's Thanksgiving. Like, I just... We could have had... This crazy thing called continuity. Recurring guest stars. Yes. They don't have to be famous. They can just be regular people like you and me. Like. Recurring guest stars. They're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like It's very strange. The show is bad about that sometimes. Even in the revival, it's bad about that. Like, no one is in for more than one or two episodes unless they're, like, famous, famous. And even then, they still, like, show up so sporadically. Yeah. And then you gotta wonder... What happened with Matt Bomer as to why he's not on the show anymore? And here's my theory. It can't be a scheduling conflict because that guy's got nothing going on. Dude, he was... Okay, I no longer work at the company, so I don't feel bad about disclosing this. So if you... Last year, I worked for a company where Matt Bomer was supposed to, like, be the, like... What's the name of the person who leads a parade? The marshal. The, the parade marshal. Mar like, the parade marshal of an HIV thing mm -hmm. that my job did. And he canceled, like... Less than 72 hours before the event, claiming scheduling conflicts, and then just also immediately dropped out of Will and Grace. Like, what is happening in Matt Bomer's life that they can't get him to do anything? Matt Bomer, I'm sorry that we've been mean to you. Please come on this podcast and explain your life situation. Yeah. Thank you. And also explain what the hell happened last year and why you couldn't come to Milwaukee. Because mm -hmm. I was This is so important to us. I was supposed to go to that. We can, you can sleep on our couch. Yeah, it's nice. It's from Ikea. Mm-hmm. 
we have those here because we live in a real city. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee has one now too, but we. It's like borderline walking distance from our house. Not that you'd ever walk to an IKEA. Because that would be that insane. would be stupid. <laughs> but you could if you really wanted to. If you wanted to, you get a lot you of could. free time. Yeah. Um. Wow, we've gotten so off track. <laughs> We've gotten really off track. What happened to that lawyer chick? <laughs> She's searching for this mayor key. Look under the map. Oh. It's probably hidden in that owl. So we've gotten off track, but let's let's get back on track okay. and congratulate Vince on getting his first Will and Grace proper subplot this week. Hooray for Vince. I mean, it's probably not, but it, like, it feels like a well-fleshed-out subplot. This is like an elevated subplot for him. It's on the same level as the Karen and Jack mm-hmm. and Grace subplots that It's happening. really helping my fantasy scenario in my head where Will and Grace doesn't get canceled and Vince becomes parts of the main cast and Leo is never heard from again. And it's just, it's really great every week to finish watching the episode and think about all the episodes that could have existed in this fantasy universe. Mm-hmm. The Beatles are also alive in this universe. Oh. They appear in season 10. Did they prevent 9-11? No. Which is awkward, because in this alternate universe, Will and Grace still doesn't acknowledge that it happened. That's a universal constant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, Vince gets a subplot. Yes, um, so his subplot is hilarious. Okay. It's, it's the better version of the Will and Annette plot line, which is that Vince thinks that his father hates him. And everything his father does, no matter how benign, upsets so him. So benign. And like, like aggressively benign. And like, just is so triggering for him. I wish we'd written down a couple of them, because they were like, literally like, he's like, cousin is like, oh, give me a hug. And he's like, oh, look how smothering he is. He was like, will you go downstairs and get the leaf for the table? And he's like, can he spend any fucking time together? Like, <laughs> basically, it's like, so... Listeners to the, of this show will know that my theory for a long time is that Vince clearly has been to therapy. But he's clearly fired his therapist this season. Something has happened with his therapist in like the last four to five episodes mm-hmm. because his daddy issues are just like showing up like whiteheads and yeah. they are bursting everywhere. I just like, I just want like, again, alternate universe. I want Vince to get the spinoff and I want to find out what happened to Vince in what the did, year of our Lord, whatever year this episode is from. What? Time has no meaning. did his father do to him? But, like, it's... it's actually, Was it nothing? <laughs> it seems like it's nothing. Like, I, Vince is such a great, fascinating character to me because Vince is kind of, like... Like, Vince realized he was gay and then was like, oh, no, I have to embody all these stereotypes now. But, like, didn't realize it consciously. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, he's, like... He has the bad relationship with his father without actually having a bad relationship with his father. It's sort of... But he's, like, inceptioned himself into thinking that he like has he one. It's like he retroactively decided he and his dad had a bad relationship right. because he's gay. Right. And he kind of does the same thing with, like, his cop friends. Like, he's kind of, like, always, like, a little bit, like, oh, they all hate me because I'm gay. And, like, they probably do. It's New York. But, like, <laughs> we have no evidence for that. Right. It's very, very interesting. Even his racist and homophobic bosses actually really chill with him being gay right i mean he's an asshole but like he's really chill about being an asshole mm-hmm. remember that time that he was on the show and we learned new racist terms that yeah, we didn't that was, know before that was haunting that it, still haunts me i think about that every goddamn day <laughs> but it, it's such a fascinating plotline because it's first of all it's great to see vince get some development mm-hmm. it's genuinely very funny it is extremely funny it's completely divorced from the rest of the plot so it feels very standalone 
Uh And it gives us a better conception of what Vince's character is like. Yes, and it also has one of my favorite running jokes of, like, the entire series, which is when Vince is like, anger is the enemy of the hair follicle. And so every time he gets upset with his father, he's just like, stay in there, guys, and, like, (laughs) smooths his hair down. And then, like, he says something to his dad later, and he's like, ah, I got a jumper! Like... (laughs) He's like, I refuse to go bald for this man, and it's just so funny. Because... Like, this is the thing is, like, even if, even if Vince's dad was being a dick to him, like, this is not an appropriate response at all. At like, all. he's like taking it to like a full new level. And he's like, Will, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it, Will. And, Will's... and Will's like, keep it together, buddy. And like... Will, who is like actively in the process of a slow motion mental breakdown, is even sort of like, babe. Babe, are you sure that's what's happening? Are you sure he's freaking out at you and is being passive aggressive? And my my favorite, my favorite moment is at the very end of like this. It's not the very end, but it's like midway through the second half of the episode. Like he calls Vince in and he's like, Vince, what color is the TV? And Vince is like, red. And his dad's like, yeah, I think it's red. And Vince is like, oh my god, dad, you do love me. And then like, this bitch. He, he's like, thank you for validating me, daddy. Yeah. I love you. And then this bitch is like, no, you know what? I think it's green. And Vince is like, oh. <laughs> She's like. <laughs> like that's the only moment. That's the only it. moment where I'm like, okay, maybe Vince's dad actually does hate him. Because I was like, that's so fucking sadistic. <laughs> like, that feels like you're just toying with him at this point. <laughs> There's, like, an entire, like, undercover subplot where Vince is actually red, green, colorblind, and, like... We are, or, like, his dad is a sociopath, and is like, I know what I'll do. I'll mess with my gay son. He has been gaslighting him his entire life, and no one believes him it's because so... he seems, like, such a nice dude. It's so funny. It is so great. And it makes me so sad that Vince does not graduate to main cast and that the show does not continue on forever. Yes. But oh, he'll, he'll, they'll be in my heart. Yes, they'll be in my heart. He'll be in my heart. Okay, we have to move on to other plot lines, but I actually don't want to spend a lot of time on this next plot line because it's a mess. It's, it's, it's a mess in so many levels. Gross, honestly. It's very gross. It's it's gross on a level where like you can see why it's not in the episode description. Because yeah. like clearly NBC is like, oh, do we have to put those? How in there? did this get through standards and practices? This is a genuine question. Like, like okay, well, it got through standards and practices for an obvious reason that would be very clear to our listeners when I describe what happens. So. First of all, to preface, apparently Grace and Karen are crazy horny, which, okay, these sure. These ladies need some loving. They need some loving, whatever. So they're at Thanksgiving, which we haven't really talked about, but doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that Will is trying to save Vince's family Thanksgiving and brings all of his friends with. But whatever. You know what? It's fine. I get it. It's the, it's the nature of the show. Moving on. So Grace and Karen show up. And both of them are immediately derailed because Grace sees a hot guy come in the door and follows him, literally. Like a creeper. Like a creeper. And then enlists Karen to help her, it seems like, have sex with him in the garage. Uh But it's not for very statutory reasons. Yes, extremely statutory. Because we're going to jump to the ending where, obviously, he's a teenager. Yeah, he's 16. And 16 was kind of insane to me because, okay, I saw this coming from a mile away because... TV shows do this plotline all the time where characters find out that they've been making out with a teenager. And, the uh, Office, memorably. Yes, and I, and I will say that I guess, I guess, in recent years, 
the teenager is at least 18, so it's not statutory. It's so, just gross. But, like, it's, it's kind of been, like, on an evolutionary scale from, like, in the past, it was a man and a 16-year-old girl. And now in the late 2000s, it's a wi- adult women and a teenage boy. And now it can be adult men and legally adult women. Yes. But but still, no. Yes. So um, I just did a quick Google to confirm what I already suspected, which was that the age of consent in New York is 17. Mm-hmm. Not 16. And it's gross. So basically... So we clearly the Will and Grace writers did absolutely no research. They did no research to, you know, try and make it marginally less gross, but it's still really gross. But also, like, it's clear that standards and practices actually did come down in this episode because the way that the plot is framed... It seems like they fuck him. They they clearly do, because, like... They come back all, like, disheveled and right. whatever. So Grace goes and fucks him in the garage. Mm-hmm. And then Karen fucks him in the garage later, too. Yeah. And then they're fighting over this guy... And, like, it's revealed partway through that he's 16. And yeah. they, like, just, like, blow past that. Yeah, there's, like, a comment about him being so cocky because he got his learner's permit now and whatever. And so, like, but that's the thing. Like, they, clearly the episode was written with the intention of them having had sex. Right. Because. And I don't understand why he wasn't made 18, just to make it slightly less disgusting. I don't know. And also the actor playing him was, like, 32. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, he wasn't being played by a teenager. Like, like, not even a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand what the motivation was there. It was weird. I mean, like, haha, we get it. Teenagers want to have sex with anything that moves. Uh-huh. Statutory rape isn't real if it's a man. Like, whatever. I don't want to get into that. Like, at at least the plan, the intent of the episode was that all parties were very consenting, uh-huh. as best they could, despite the fact that it was clearly statutory. Uh-huh. And clearly, the teenage boy at least in his mind, got the best of the situation because he got these two, quote, old ladies to mac on make him. out, to mac on him. Not have sex with him because standards of practices wouldn't allow that. But also, like... Uh-huh. 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 And uh, Grace and Karen got their groove back. I think the... I, I mean, in the episode, the plotline really resolves in an even worse way, objectively, because Will basically bribes him with whatever breasts he wants to touch. Uh-huh. And he says the big ones. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets to touch Karen's boobs off screen, and that's the resolution of this plotline. This plotline also has some very weird moments in it, including um, an earlier conversation at, for whatever reason, Will and Grace keeps having these scenes set in Panera Bread, and I don't know why. I don't know why Like, either. what was happening in 2004? Was it a sponsorship? Was it a sponsorship? If so, like, it's a bad one. I just love Panera. So they're mostly just mean to Panera Bread. Yeah, they're just like, oh, the wait service here is terrible. It's like, there isn't any wait service. It's a Panera Bread. Yeah. I can see the logo on your cup. It's really weird. Anyways, uh, but we have this scene where Karen is basically telling Grace that she needs to get back on the horse, and then she also then explains to Jack how heterosexuals have sex. And she begins by explaining what a vagina is. And she's like, imagine the most beautiful flower. Its petals delicately opening towards the sun. Now imagine a vagina next to that. Um, so many follow-up questions. There's a weird throwaway line about Karen being a virgin. Um, another hint at Karen's intense timelessness because um, there is a comment about Grace being twice the 16-year-old's age and Karen being 10 times the 16-year-old's age, implying that she's at least 160. Again, just to be clear, the characters find out they made out with a 16-year-old. Does not seem to phase them. They, I mean, they're a little horrified, but not nearly enough. Not horrified enough. Not horrified they're enough. They're like, oh, that's awkward. Like, they don't go screaming out of the house looking for Will to be their lawyer. Like, they just... Here's the thing. Why does no one call the police? And the reason 
is especially confusing because Vince is the police. There is a police there. Mm-hmm. Call the police. Call Vince. Help. Oh, my God. <laughs> we need to call Vince. Call we Vince. need to call the police. It's just, it's very weird. It's very strange. It's a bad plot, and it didn't, that one aged like milk. Yeah. That thing is like a nice Gouda by now. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand. Well, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Hollywood is a cesspool. Moving on. Yes. Let's move on to the actual good side plot of this episode. Oh my god, this is like one of my favorite sides. This I is... can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. I'm so proud of us. Uh, we did we a good job. We kept the secret. We kept the secret. Just like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. You know, I read that and to this day I still get mad about it. I I know. Like every time I remember what the fuck is her name, like the one who's Delphine. Ba- yes. No, it's not even Delphine, it's Delphi. Oh yeah, that's dumb. Because it's probably short for Delphine, but she's I still stand by that that plot line works, but only if you don't take at face value that she's Voldemort's daughter, because that doesn't make any sense. I just don't think Voldemort has a dick! No, I just, I, what I'm saying is, I think it actually makes crazy sense that Bellatrix Lestrange's crazy family would be like, oh yeah, you're definitely Voldemort's heir, but she's just Bellatrix <laughs> Lestrange's kid. There's no way that that kid is Voldemort. But that's not in the text. It's really weird. I just it's got very... the script analysis for the semester, and I'm like, I guess based on the text, we have to take it at face value, but do we? I just mean... Voldemort's nose fell off. His dick definitely fell off. That's not important, I His guess. dick fell off. We still haven't told anyone she's a lesbian. She's a lesbian, Harold! Let's go back. <laughs> so we mentioned that Jack, in the episode description, Jack and Vince's sister hang out on episode. Now, first of all, Jack thinks that this is a dud because she's, what are the three things? She's a teacher. No, no, she's a, she's a woman, I think is the first one. Uh-huh. And she's got a fiance, uh-huh. and there is another one, but I don't think it's that she's a teacher. Basically, she's a complete dud uh-huh. from Jack's point of view because he's sad because he wanted to talk to the hot guy, mm-hmm. who's again again sixteen, but also seemed interested in fucking Jack. So bisexual, bisexual sixteen. Um, but he rapidly perks up at one point because he asks, uh, "Her name is Ro. Her name is Ro. She's very pretty." She mm-hmm. looks like 18 different actresses, but is none of them. She's like a, a beautiful amalgamation of every other Italian-American mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Like Marissa Tomei, Alyssa Milano, somebody else. Some other Italian-Americans who are beautiful. Anyways, um, he asks her if she's excited to get married to her fiancé. Because that's like the next big family event. It goes like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas wedding. wedding. And she says, no, because I'm a lesbian. And Jack, like, and us... Basically fall out of our chairs. Uh-huh. I believe, if I remember correctly, Jack's response is, Lesbo say what? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just the most mid-2000s thing to say ever. I was genuinely shocked by this plot line. You, I know you, that you remember it from watching Will and Grace. Would but like, you say that perhaps you were even shook? I was shook. You I were. would definitely describe having been shook. You were shook. Yeah. Shook like a maraca. No. You can't try and change shook. Can't be shook like a maraca. No. What can I be shook like? You're just shook. If you're really shook, then you're shooketh. Mm. Shooketh like a maraca. No, stop. <laughs> what? What do you against maracas? Are you racist? Yes, Matthew. I'm racist <laughs> against, against a rattle. <laughs> God, I wish we were more famous. So we can get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> We still could, I guess, but it would be weirder to Missouri, get Missouri, would you buy racist against a rattle on a t-shirt? <laughs> yes, Matthew. I racist against a rattle. And then there's just a little maraca there. We can still stream it. Very limited run. Very exciting. All the proceeds will go merch, right merch, in. Merch, merch, 
Missouri, would you buy this? Vote now on your phones. Um, and then we have this beautiful odyssey of, like, Jack helping this young woman come out to her family. Mm-hmm. But not super successfully because he's a disaster. Actually, he's he's pretty good this week. Jack is actually very supportive and excited, and it's like you have to tell them. Yeah, you have to tell them. And it's actually there's already another callback to this, but it's very reminiscent of um the Thanksgiving flashback episode from uh-huh. season three. I want to say Lowe's in the mid eighties. Yeah, Lowe's in the mid eighties, where Jack is also supportive of Will coming out mm-hmm. to probably to a lesser degree than in this episode. Yes, but and he does come out at Thanksgiving. And you also may recall that Jack himself came out at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have an established pattern of Thanksgiving being the time to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack being kind of like proud of himself for like a gay mentorship that he's putting on. Um, <laughs> he's getting college credit for this. He's, he's, you know, continuing education. Yeah. Um, he like goes to talk to Will and he's like, you know what? Actually, I'm having a really good time with Bro. She's a lesbian and I've encouraged her to come out. And Will, because he's trying to control every small detail of this dinner, mm-hmm. is like, oh no, you can't let her do that. <laughs> you can't let her ruin Thanksgiving by coming out. <laughs> and so then he tries to convince Jack to do it by telling Jack that, no, no, you have to tell her. And so then Jack tells Ro that gay men come out no, at No, I Thanksgiving. think Will tells her, doesn't he? Oh, you're right. You're right. You can't convince Jack to do it. So you have this like thing where like Jack is like, "Yeah, do it," and Will's like, mm, "But don't do it." And so then Will tells Bro that gay men traditionally come out at Thanksgiving. I mean, historically, that is the case. So I mean, it's not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Matthew also came out at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And lesbians have to come out at Christmas because of Carol. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what they did before Carol, but I mean, I assume it was the same. I mean, holiday. the book existed. The That's price true. of salt existed for yeah. a while. So, so. it's it's traditional. Tradition. Lesbians come out at Christmas because of Carol. Mm-hmm. Men come out at Thanksgiving because of stuffing. We were talking about this off mic before we began recording, and Matthew asked me if there were any major holidays that collaborated, like, like coincided. Collaborated, really? <laughs> there were any major holidays that coincided with my own coming out, and honestly, it was probably Flag Day. I think Flag Day is a respectable day for bisexuals. Yeah, so Flag Day is when bisexuals come out. It's respecting the um, least awful part of America, which is the very pretty flag we have. The flag is actually quite good. And it's supporting female industry. Betsy Ross. Is it supporting female industry anymore? Because they're all probably made in sweatshops. Well, well supporting female industry in China. They're probably small girls. Yeah. So see, that's it. All it works. Supporting female industry. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Yay! Hooray! Get those ladies jobs. Okay. That are awful. So Roe is also just like you learn throughout the Odyssey of this that she is just secretly the world's most stereotypical lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, she's only with her fiance, who is a man named a man named Matt. Which is very triggering for me. But carry on. <laughs> because he went to camp with Renee Zellweger. <laughs> Admittedly, not a bad qualification, regardless of gender preference. But also, like, went to camp with, not like went to high school with, or college with, or you know, was personally friends with. One day, Renee's gonna go back to that camp, maybe with Angelina Jolie. There's also a moment where then someone says something about Will talks to her about everyone kind of fantasizes about Angelina Jolie when he's trying to ask like are you actually gay and she's like I'm sorry I got distracted I was picturing Angelina Jolie and Renee Zellweger together at camp at camp she's really fixated on this They're camp really, thing the camp is apparently some sort of kink for her yeah um 
She, I'm just, I can get it. She's imagining them in little uniforms, like Three. tie at the the navel, and then Camp little shorts. Fiery nights. Oh, it's so cold. Come snuggle up next to me. Or maybe they're like in a canoe, and, and the canoe tips, and canoodling, they, and they're they're giggling, and they're like splashing each other. No, no, stop. You then, flip the canoe over. And no, then, you flip the and canoe over. And they get over. really close because they're laughing, and then their lips sort of touch. But then they drown because they're whitewater rafting. Why are they white water rafting in a canoe, you dumb shit? Why are you gonna ruin my fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just really funny. Like, I mean, it's it's, it's a little tragic because like you have Will basically telling this lesbian like, please don't come out. Stay You'll in the ruin closet. my dinner. <laughs> yeah, um, but like it is funny because it gives Will a chance to be like a monster in a really like safe and cute way. Sort of. It's like an intracommunal monster mm-hmm. a little bit where he's like. He's really trying to impress his boyfriend's mom by mm-hmm. being the gay boyfriend, the good gay boyfriend, and, like, not fucking this whole thing up. Um, there are some some other beautiful things that he gives her about why she should wait t- to come out at Christmas, mm-hmm. but then Jack combats them. Um, one, he, he, Will's recommendation is the chunky sweaters mm-hmm. to come out at Christmas because chunky sweaters. Right. Whereas, You've never seen Carol because it doesn't exist it yet. It doesn't exist yet. Um, whereas Jack offers that she should come out before Christmas so she gets gifts she'll actually use, like a camera to make documentaries on. And she's like, you know, I did actually have an idea about a short film about female iron workers, and I have the perfect Annie DeFranco song to play over the credit. And it's just like, how has no one noticed this poor woman crying out for labia? Just like she's just like out on the street shaking a, shaking a tin, being like, labia? Maybe please. This is a good time to circle back to something we haven't talked about, which is Vince's room that Will mistakes for a sewing room. Because it's full of all of Vince's sewing trophies. Right. And Vince is like, no, no, I own those fair and square. Uh-huh. Vince is just perfect. I love Vince. What if I married Vince? I mean, the only thing that I don't like about Vince is that he's a, cop? He's a fictional character. Mm. Honestly, I can live with him being a cop because he's a really bad cop and he gets fired eventually. You just got to weigh it out. Remember that time that he shot his uncle? Yeah, but it sounds like that was when he was 11, so... I don't think that there was any implication that he was young when that happened. There definitely was. I don't think you're right about that. All right, we'll go back to the transcripts. I imagine it'd be him being 11, and they just live in Queens, so for some reason he has a gun at 11. I just mean he's such a bad cop that I assumed it was, like, last year. Queens is just a lot rougher in TV than it is in real life. Oh, my God, I know. Queens is, like, actually delightful in real life. That's actually one of my... This is a very extreme segue. This is one of my favorite things about Spider-Man, is that, like, inherent in Peter Parker's, like, backstory is that Peter Parker is from Forest Hills, Queens. And when you're writing Peter Parker in the 60s, Queens is rough. Like, if you're from Forest Hills, Queens, you're poor. Yeah. And now, like, they have to put him in, like, a fucking condo or some shit. Right. Like, like Forest Hills, Queens is, like, a hip-hop happening neighborhood. It's like, gotten hella gentrified. Clearly, Uncle Ben and Aunt May made some great investments. Yep. Like, Probably in real estate. Guys. Probably in real estate, In yeah. Forest Hills, Queens. But, like, it's a totally different, like, cultural thing to say you're from Queens in 2019. Yes. That's all. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, to get the same effect with uh, Kamala Khan, the modern-day Peter Parker, they had to put her in Jersey City. <gasps> so take of that what you will. New Jersey is terrible. But it does seem like the kind of place where a marvelous, shape-changing hero might just magically appear. Because of all the nuclear reactors? No, but I don't want to get into why because it's stupid and Marvel has already completely backed off of it. Is it because they aren't able to raise their property taxes for public schools more than 2% a year? No, but that is an interesting fun fact. I was going to share it with you today. Well, thank you. I learned that on NPR. Thank you, NPR. Um, so the, the nice thing about this episode is that because Will has his fingers in all these plots, 
they actually come together really nicely at the end in uh-huh. one dramatic conclusion. Which is Will completely melting the fuck down. Yeah. So he's managed to keep everything together until dinner, but then the rumblings of tension start to happen when Karen and Grace offer booze to the 16-year-old, and then the 16-year-old's mother is like, why are you giving booze to my 16-year-old? And then Will is like, you shut up about this, and if you don't say anything, you could touch that girl's boobs. And then he tries to also make the same bribe. That's right, he makes the same bribe to Ro. To Ro, that if she doesn't come out, she can touch another. She can touch one of the girl's boobs. She picks Grace's because they're small. Um, that is interestingly seems to be a preference, although only on TV, so maybe it's not a preference. I don't, I've never had any experience with lesbians who didn't appreciate a large rack. That's just... But you've got a large rack, so... I, mean, I do, so yeah, know? so I mean, like, what are they going to say? Like, oh, I wish these were smaller? <laughs> well, I mean, you've dated some assholes. They could have said that. It's true. Very true. Anyways, but then we finally come to the dinner, and then Annette, as we've mentioned, is really very passive-aggressive this whole episode for, like, really, like... Again, no reason. Tenuous reasons at best. And so she's bitching and bitching that the turkey is dry and this and that, and Will just, like, snaps. <laughs> he just snaps, and in, like, one fell swoop, Tells everyone that Grace and Karen made out with the 16-year-old. Tells Vince that he's, like, crazy and imagining that his dad is mean. And also outs Roe to the entire family. And then in a not even really shocking, just kind of confusing. Completely unearned and yet completely plausible. Uh Uh-huh. Will's like, I'm going to leave now because I've ruined Thanksgiving. And Annette's like, sit your ass down. We're family. Well, except you, Maddie. (laughs) Well, it's, 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 like, sweet, but also, like completely unpredicted because like she's like what i'm hearing is that it sounds like you love vince and these two ladies love this 16 year old and ro loves women so there's a lot of love at this table and it's like lady i'm concerned that you haven't been properly educated because like that doesn't make sense here's my theory of what happened there's a throwaway line early in the episode about one of um vince's cousins and or i think it's cousins um having a problem with narcotics and um, Karen pops like a off-brand Vicodin or whatever. And mm. so my theory is that Annette has been taking the off-brand OxyContin mm. all throughout dinner. And it's just sailing away. So it's like the scene in August Osage County, but with a happy ending. Sort of. And I mean, the, the thing is, the episode is, is is really funny and it's very lighthearted. And um, Ro actually takes being outed extremely well. She's very... She seems kind of relieved, frankly. Yes, but... Which, okay. But as a reminder to all of our two straight listeners, I'm sure we have those, don't... Well, oh no, this goes for queer listeners, too. You can't out someone else. That's their story. That's bad. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And if you are going to do it... Don't do don't, that. Don't. Don't do it. If you're about to... If you find yourself in a moment where you're like, I'm going to out someone, I'm going to do it. Stop. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. You can say no. Just say no. It. Just say no. <laughs> just say no. Is there if you like- take the... The words of no, and you put the O in front of the N, and you turn the N upside down, and you add a T, it spells out. Don't do that. And then if you take the word out, and you turn the O U back upside down, and you add a D, and you put an apostrophe, it spells don't. So I think I made my case pretty strongly here. No, that's a W. <laughs> yeah, only if you spell... <laughs> only if you spell... <laughs> your... I'll leave about words that have a U in them with W's. What's wrong with you? I was trying to draw an N upside down. A lowercase N. Well, what the fuck? Why was I supposed to know it was lowercase? 
Because only one version of N looks like you upside down, it you is ninny. T- it is 10.47 p.m., sir. <laughs> I am tired. You are done. You're done. The turkey is done. Bing! We are done. Okay, that was it. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> okay, Matthew, tell them where to find us on social media. Oh, I don't know if I can. I might have to use an upside down N. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat your innards. If you want to find us on the inner wet stop it <laughs> you have to find us on our uh twitter page that's the best place to start it has no ends or use it does have several ends and use well not in the name not a couple show twitter <laughs> our twitter handle is at not a couple show you can also send us a note on facebook on tumblr careful though that's got a you in it and also send us a note on gmail you can send that to us at not a couple podcast at gmail.com careful that email address has use in it and ends you're so stupid. You, How are they letting you into grad school? <laughs> and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't turned us off by now, Which, you know that you can find us on one of these three streaming platforms. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Huzzah! Happy late Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy early Christmas. Yes, we'll be back next week, and I believe our next episode is a Christmas-themed yes. episode. Um, So we'll be back for that next week, and uh, stay tuned. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye. Letter N, you nitwit.